Welcome to Do That Well, a podcast that explores every aspect of the human experience. And we are your hosts, Karen Thrall and Brenda Brown. And today is season three, episode 19, and the second half of a two-part series on emotional intelligence. Last episode, we mentioned that EQ is way more than just being emotionally self-aware. It goes a lot deeper than that. And we also learned that EQ is broken down into five components. The first one is self-aware. The second is self-regulate. The third is social skills. The fourth is empathy. And the fifth is motivation. In our last episode, we explored the first two, self-aware and self-regulate. It's that tension of both being aware of your own feelings and emotions and understanding them and regulating them, owning them, and being self-accountable. And Brenda and I had a few ahas that that EQ is both being self-aware and self-regulating and successful. Emotional intelligence is, well, you can't have one without the other. They go hand in hand. Also, if you're a person that doesn't see yourself as emotional, if you're a person that is highly sensitive, good news. EQ is not all about being aware of your emotions. And today, we're going to explore the other components of emotional intelligence. That's number three is social skills. Number four is empathy. And the fifth one is motivation. We're going to dive right in and continue this conversation, starting with the third component, which is social skills. But Brenda, you're going to kick us off, and here's my question for you. Okay. Did you ever associate social skills with EQ before we delved into this topic? So is that something that was new, or did you always naturally associate those two? Second, why do you think social skills are an important part of EQ? I'm going to pass it to you. This is a really hard question for me to answer. And I've, I've thought about this before because I think it's a yes and. I, th- I think it's a yes and answer in the sense that I think prior to us diving into this topic, I did associate emotional intelligence EQ with social skills. Um, and I also viewed them a bit separately at the same time. I don't think I ever thought about how social skills um, can be learned. So I think I associated social skills with EQ in the sense that I just figured it just came naturally to some people or some people just are better with social skills. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily think about how that was something that could be learned or improved upon. Yeah. And that it's not necessarily just some people get it and some people don't, or some Mm -hmm. people have it and some people don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to answer the second part of your question, I I think it's an important part of emotional intelligence. Well, especially now that I have more understanding about it, around it, um, (laughs) because it is that element of communicating with others. Um, so I know, as you mentioned last week, we talked about self-awareness and self-regulation. And when we talked about those, we, we did talk quite a bit about our relation with those things, but then also that, how that is communicated when it comes to other people around you. And so I do think that interaction of other people when it comes to your emotional intelligence is, is important, right? Just in the sense that we are not living in a vacuum, like every individual 
isn't just living in a vacuum with their own emotional intelligence. Like it, mm-hmm. it ends up affecting everybody around you. Mm-hmm. So with, I know we're going to talk about the last three social skills, empathy and motivation today, but I think with all of them, understanding that these are skills that can be learned and things that you can build on. It, mm-hmm. It's just a bit of a game changer for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I had been living my life thinking like you have it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that's not the case. Yeah. Um, so diving further into social skills, I know from our article, um, they talk about social skills as being the interaction with other people. And this is the place where you really start applying your understanding of emotions in order to communicate. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, what I actually personally think I have a harder time with is the the un- emotions of other people, <laughs> right? Because like on this journey of trying to be better with EQ and, and gain more EQ uh, expertise, Uh, I think it is easy for somebody to look at their own behaviors, their own emotions. Um, At least for me, that's been the starting point in this journey with trying to improve upon my EQ. But the social skills, as I was saying, this is the point where now we're bringing in other people and you're having to think about the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that aspect to me, like that's the challenging part because Mm -hmm. it's much more difficult to understand other people's emotions, especially if you're not someone that's intuitive or has, you know, a lot of empathy or because I think at the end of the day, some people I think do have a little bit more a stronger muscle naturally than others when it comes Mm -hmm. to intuition and empathy. And if that's not a strong suit for you, then it becomes very challenging to try and understand the emotions of others and then how to communicate to them based right. off of that because all we really have to go off of our our words and and what people are telling us along with any uh physical cues we might be able to pick mm-hmm. up on and uh, tagging that too i was thinking on social skills how you hear often some people don't like the small talk and so or that loud party and so they just feel like they're out of place, out of sorts, right. because they like intimate one-on-one conversations. And then some people, social settings, like a, an intimate dinner party, they're just completely uncomfortable because it's just too deep and too connected. And right. they like more of the shallow. So even in that, understanding what people's needs are and how do I fit in? How do I fit in with their emotional needs in a social setting? It's hard. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're not wired for a dinner party of six people, you're going to be so uncomfortable. So how can I possibly have social skills when I'm brutally uncomfortable right now? And if you're really, if you're not somebody who can socialize and, you know, laugh and tell jokes and be the life of the party, then you're so uncomfortable. How can I possibly even care about how, what, how other people are feeling when I'm, I'm just ridiculously uncomfortable? Right. You're focused on like the feeling that you're having. Yeah. Yeah. So it it would be hard to even engage. Like there's two sets there, you know? Um, I I wanted uh, some things that I picked up on in the article I thought were cool. Maybe this will be a good segue with you is the act of listening. And I 
you hear that word being thrown around all the time. So I, I, for people listening, this is really good news because it really is not as hard as you think it is, active listening and the verbal verbal communication skills and the nonverbal, which is what you're talking about, the nonverbal communication skills. Right. So, um, so socially, what I hear some of the traits of being socially mature, okay? A pleasant personality, kind, friendly, and smiling. That you you have a strong EQ socially when your personality is pleasant, or you're being just kind, or you're just being friendly, or you're just smiling. That is EQ, social EQ. And I thought that's really encouraging. So if you're in a setting at a dinner party or in a whatever, in a big party and what, you're feeling uncomfortable, just being friendly and kind and smiling is enough. That really is enough, even if you don't necessarily have anything to say. The second one I thought was really cool is good manners. In social settings, you know you have a high EQ. Think about that. You know you're emotionally mature when you use good manners, please and thank you. Well, anybody can do that. Can you please pass the salt? Ooh. <laughs> like it's not, you know. Um, the third one I thought, and then I'll want to hear what you have to say because I, I have a lot here. But um, the third one I thought is sharing information, relating and sharing. So if you are somebody who loves to talk, okay, and I'd love, I really want to hear what you think about this. If you're somebody who loves to talk, that doesn't necessarily mean you have high EQ. Can you talk and share? Can you talk and open up the conversation for people to talk with you? So right. a lot of times in the people that are talking, they can really keep the conversation going. Wow, I can't do that. Well, that's not necessarily EQ either. That's just somebody who's enjoys talking. But someone who loves to talk, can they actually give you the platform, let you share, let you have equal amount of time talking and, and get you talking with them? So I thought that was really really interesting. And my fourth one, then I'm, I, 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 I do more. And then I want to hear you say the, the other one is respecting personal space. So if reading the room and that's going back to you, what you said, mm -hmm. about if you, you know, if you can read the room and then the last one was eye contact. Okay. So that's everything. And I know I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> no, I, I'm actually really glad that you brought up all of those different ways because I think for me, I, there is this tendency and I don't think I'm alone in this, but I, I you know, I obviously can't speak for other people. Um, but I do think that sometimes we will look at those different ways and we'll get an idea in our mind about like, well, that's the right one. Yeah. But it is really a combination of all of them. Right. So I think even for myself, I know in the past, especially I've had, this idea in my mind of, well, social skills, the right one is to be the person that is a storyteller and is carrying the room. And it, like, that's, that's what it is. But I don't have that. So I must not mm -hmm. have good social skills. But you know what I am really good at? Listening. Because I am that person that's shy and doesn't always have something to put in to the conversation. And so I have gotten very good at listening and being engaged and like, asking questions to, to get more information and all of those sorts of things. And so to remember that that is also a social skill, I think is, is a, a, a nice reminder to hear. Um, and that it is again, this, this combination, like you want to be well-rounded, right? You want to be able to play in all those different spaces in all those different ways. 
and you don't necessarily want to be pigeonholed into like, well, I'm yes. a very good listener or I'm a very yes. good storyteller. And not to say that that couldn't still be the strongest facet for you, but I think it's important to hold all of them. Yes. And I like that. I like that because it is part of EQ. So if we're developing EQ, social is part of it. Social skills is part of it. So for all of us listening, for us and for everybody listening, let's activate that muscle because that does improve and mature your EQ by having these social skills. So for you, Brenda, you're a listener and you're an active listener and you know how to be curious and ask questions. And for you to grow even more in your social skills, there may be sharing. Maybe it's the right. component of I need to share more, you know, okay. And Eye contact, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I like that a lot. Um, the other thing, okay, that was another thing when you said listening. I, I did not associate listening with EQ at all. I thought it was just a respectful thing to do. It's a good skill to have, but I never, ever associated it with showing EQ maturity. I don't know that I did either, to be honest. It didn't feel like something emotional. I just assumed emotions was EQ, but I never thought listening is EQ. Right. But it makes sense because it's not IQ. Listening's not IQ. Yeah. And and I do. I mean, there definitely is a skill to listening. um, And we aren't all great at it. Mm -mm. But that's okay because we can work on it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I did want to... so the other thing on, on uh, listening well and sharing, I, I have some suggestions for sharing, like how you can share in the conversation or how you can get people to talk if they're shy. Um, it's asking for people to share a story. So it, let's say it's like, Brenda, what do you think about France? You know, what do you think about the country France? Yeah, I like it. Well, what do you like about France? Have you been to France? So it's that what those what questions? Um, right. What do you see as as fun? Or what do you feel is the most important? Or what do you feel is um, the thing that gives you makes you feel the most adventurous? Um, you can do things like what are your plans? What do you like most? So it's that it's that asking those what questions to get somebody to not just say yes or no. So right. that would be a good tool. The other one I thought is our um, open-ended questions episode would be a good yeah. one. People that <laughs> yeah. want more information about yes. that. <laughs> I think we called it OA, didn't we? Uh, no, OE, OE. O- yeah, OE questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing is storytelling. Um, you can ask a question by going in the past. Have you ever? So, because if you go, do you, you know, have you ever eaten pizza? Yes. Have you, in the past, have you ever eaten pizza? And, or how young were you? What was it? When was the first time you had pizza? Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or, or future. Would you ever, you know? So, right. hey, oh, I just went rock climbing. Would you ever go rock climbing? Or have you ever gone rock climbing past or future? That also creates conversations. Um, and then you can also do tell me a time. Okay, so I went rock climbing the other day. Tell me a time when you did something similar to that, hiking, rock climbing, or, you know, it's just so uh, storytelling from past and future and not necessarily the present. It does also help. Yeah, I like that. Another one that I'll add into the mix, um, not 
for listening specifically, but just along social skill lines. Um, Victor, my husband, he is very good at this. And I feel like you're actually very good at this too, Karen. Um, I want to say, and don't quote me on this, but I want to say sometimes people refer to it as like bids, but, um, this idea of if somebody is sharing their excitement with you, that you like match their excitement and you show interest, even if it's not necessarily your jam. So for example, I've been playing Animal Crossing, the Nintendo Switch game. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's a video game, but I've been getting really into it. And you like build a little village and you have like gardens and stuff. <laughs> and it's really silly because, again, it's a video game, right? <laughs> but I've been getting really into it. And the other day I was like, oh, look at I just got this new flower. And, you know, Victor doesn't care. He doesn't care that I have a new flower in my video game. And I know that logically, but I was excited about it in the moment. And, you know, without even flinching, he was just like, oh, let me see. Like, what do you got? Let me see. What flower is it? When did you get it? And he had all these like questions and he brought his excitement to match my excitement, even <laughs> though that wasn't where he was at like two seconds yeah. earlier. Yeah. And I think that that um skill when people have that there is just like this sense of uh like rapport and camaraderie and feeling seen that it gives people that I think is just so special um so that's like a skill that I personally am trying to add to my social skills set um you made me think how social skills is not about me it really social skills right, is about right. the other people. This is the one time in EQ where it's not about me and my emotions. So when you said earlier, sometimes I'm not sure what to do with other people's emotions. Social skills is only about, so when Victor did that, he went, this is not about me right now. This is about Brenda. And like you said, he matched you that he showed really great social skills because he entered your world. Right. And that's really cool because that, that would be easy to match people. Mm -hmm. So if you're at a party and someone's laughing, they go, I got to tell you a funny story. You can start laughing because to them it's funny. Right. You don't have to say, I don't get it. You can just right. go, oh, that's so funny. That's so funny because they've already let you know it's funny to them. And social skills is going, then it's funny to me. Then I'm going to enjoy this. Not maybe burst out laughing, but I'll, I will enjoy this story with you. Right. You're going and to that use is, their emotion yeah, to like yeah, wow. communication. Yes. And yes. like camaraderie and understanding. Yes. But I that was a nice point we just can't realize. That was a nice point. <laughs> that was a nice point. Oh man. Okay, so do you want to go to the next one? Empathy. Let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. So empathy is um, understanding how others are feeling. And then responding appropriately based on that recognition of emotions. So, I mean, obviously, without even realizing it, we we have started touching on this <laughs> as, yeah. a, as an extend uh, you know extenuation of our social skills talk. Um, but let's keep let's talk about it a little bit more, mm -hmm. a little further, mm -hmm. a little deeper. Yes. So you, you start, because I do have some thoughts. So I, I want you to start on this one. So I think with empathy, for me, this is, to go back to what I was saying, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, um, <laughs> I personally think and feel, and this is just my opinion, that 
empathy is one of those things that comes a little more naturally. I'm saying that with some quotes, air quotes. I do think it comes a little more naturally to some individuals than to others. I also think that you can work on it. And it is something that, like all these other things we're talking about, it's a muscle that can be grown. But I do think that there's like a sort of a baseline (laughs) that every human possesses, like a, a starting point. And I think that that starting point is a little bit higher for some people than others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I feel like empathy is uh, out of these, our five, you know, pieces of EQ, self-awareness, self-regulation, social skills, empathy, and motivation. I think empathy can be one that perhaps would be a little discouraging to those who it doesn't come as naturally to. Mm -hmm. Because again, as I was saying with social skills, when it comes to other people, we don't have a whole lot to go off of because we're not in their brain. So all we really have to go off of is the words that they're giving us and any sort of physical cue that we might be able to pick up on. Mm -hmm. That becomes challenging too because physical cues don't look the same in every person. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess without being discouraging, (laughs) my my beginning of empathy in this portion of the topic is to say that I do think that learning empathy can feel a little challenging, a little discouraging. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a hard to grasp. Again, I never thought empathy as something to be learned. You either had or you didn't. See, this is what I, these last three, you either have empathy or you don't. And so what's the big deal? Like right. you're, you're not an empath or you're not empathetic, but it is emotional, it's emotional intelligence, which means you, which means you can learn it. Right. And so the question we have to ask ourselves is, why don't you want to learn it? What's keeping you from learning it? And how can you be better at it if you already are empathetic? So it is a learned skill that some people have naturally. So it may, they may, you know, they may kick off the race faster, you know, but you still can learn these qualities. And every, every part of EQ is going to help you in your life, in your personal life, your professional life, your community, your friends, your family. EQ is going to help you. um, It's going to help you succeed. And okay. So here's my thoughts on it. Uh, I wrote down here. Empathy is I'm sensitive to the feelings of others because it's unspoken. So yeah, empathy, empathy is going, I'm aware that that person is feeling a certain way and I'm, I'm very sensitive to it. And sometimes it, you feel like, is it me or because you're feeding off their energy. Okay. So here, here's three words I want to throw at you. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So empathy, that's the definition, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. I understand and I share them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe Victor did that a little bit. Hey, I look at the flower I just created on my switch game. <laughs> and he went, oh, let me see the flower. Like maybe he picked up, you know, and right. he was able to, to match you, you know, understand and share those feelings with you. Sympathy is the feelings of pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortune, which mm-hmm. is not empathy. Mm-hmm. I think those two get misunderstood. We're not asking you to be sympathetic. We're asking you to be empathetic. Sympathetic does not mean you have high EQ. Empathetic means you do. Empathetic, the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Sympathy, the feelings of pity 
and sorrow for someone else's misfortune is not empathy. It's not pity. Mm -hmm. It's understanding. Empathy is understanding, not just feeling bad for them. Right. Third, empath is not empathetic. Empath is a type of person, the ability to apprehend the mental, emotional state of another individual. It is, it is a way of life. I am an empath or I have feelings of empathy. I'm empathetic. Mm -hmm. So for a very small example would be, I am not, um, I am not somebody who um, is, I'm not a humanitarian. I'm not to me, a humanitarian, like an empath is an active, you are active. You have actionable things in your life that say you're a humanitarian. However, I love humanity. I love humans, but I'm not humanitarian. I don't right. have action that goes. So I can't say I'm a humanitarian, but I can say I absolutely love humanity, love humans. Right. Same thing. Like I'm empathetic, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm an empath. Right. And for you, Brenda, you're an empath. So you're going to, no wonder it's more natural for you to be empathetic because you're naturally an empath. You're, you are in your identity. Your identity is an empath. Right. So you're going to be empathetic. I don't have, I'm not an empath, but I, I'm learning. I'm, I continue to learn how to be empathetic. And that's the understanding right. of sharing with that person. Okay. Yeah. I want, that's what I want to try you. <laughs> well, no, I really like that because you actually, as I was listening to you, you, you made me want to redact my statement a bit or not redact it, but I want to add to it. Um, when I was earlier or a moment ago, I was talking about how I do feel like some people have a higher baseline of empathy. So for the purpose of this conversation, let's say those are your empaths then. And a moment ago, I was saying that if you are not one of those people that you might find the, uh, this piece of, of furthering your empathy of learning how to be more empathetic could be challenging for you. However, remember that empathy is not only understanding how others feel, but it's also responding appropriately mm. to others based on recognizing those emotions. So mm. if you're an empath, I think you actually have a different challenge because I think if you're somebody oh, that yes. naturally has a lot of empathy, so you're an empath, your challenge is going to be responding appropriately based on recognizing the other people's emotions. Because I can say as an empath, and we've talked about it here as well, that sometimes when those emotions are like coming at you and you're picking up on them, you don't actually know what to do with them. You don't know if they're yours. You don't know if they belong to someone else. So, so I have a lot of empath empathy, but I can still improve on the on my emotional intelligence via empathy by learning how to respond appropriately when I when I feel other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. Did yes. you follow that? That was a message. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, because it's still the. Ver I mean, I, I am empathetic is actionable, and I and you're right. Empaths sometimes. What do I do with this? And what's going on? And I'm feeling their anxiety and. I got to get out of the room. Like, this is too much for me. Right. But to grow as an empath is how do I respond with empathy 
I am an empath, but I still have to respond with empathy and I can't take it all in. I can't just own it all and just be a sponge that soaks it all in. Now I'm, I'm a hot mess. So the maturity would, yeah. Okay. A couple of things then going on that. So, um, there was an article I read by, uh, Judith Orloff, Dr. Judith Orloff. So I just want to throw some stuff at you and tell me what you think. So first of all, she says this, being an empath is different from being empathetic. Being empathetic is when your heart goes out to someone else, not pity. It's understanding, right? Being an empath means you can actually feel another person's happiness or sadness in your own body. Mm-hmm. So that's where it goes on with you. Right. Um, the, the, in empaths, the brain's mirror neuron system um, that, that are responsible for compassion is thought to be hyperactive. So that mirroring is hyperactive in an empath, okay? So the empath can absorb all uh, other people's energies into their own bodies. And that's not what we're asking everyone to do today. That is going to be part of your DNA. Right. What we're saying is the, is the emotional maturity of being empathetic. Right. So, yeah. so I have a question because I don't know if this is the right place for it or if it's another episode. Do you think people that are listening, do you think if, if they're saying, is this for another episode, I don't know, am I an empath or am I learning how to be empathetic? Which one am I? Because she has 20 things you can ask yourself to see whether you're an empath or that, or you're just practicing empathy. And I was wondering, do you think that should be for another episode or should we delve into it? Well, today? I think that sounds like a really cool topic for another episode because okay. Okay. I already have so much that I want to say about it that won't okay. fit into the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> Okay, good. Okay, then we won't. We, I'll let it go for now. But let's stay tuned then, because maybe maybe our next episode could just be let's do empathy. Yeah. Let's let's so, take empathy from this episode, and then the next one we'll do all on empath, empathetic, all and empathy. empathy, all empath. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Okay, and that's for people who are not, so they can understand what an empath goes through. It's going to be for people that want to learn how to be empathetic. And for people who want to learn what is empathy really about, like this is going to not just be for empaths, this is for also people that may not be empaths or would like to just learn how to be more empathetic. So we'll do that at the next one. Love it. Okay. Me too. Love it. Teaser. Spontaneous. Teaser everybody listening right now. Now you know what's coming next time. <laughs> in, the, in the moment. Uh, well, with that being said, should we go ahead and move on to motivation then? Because we'll spend more yeah. time on empathy at a later date. I think so. I think so. Yes. So motivation, that is the last one. Um, This one, this was like the big mind blown one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So motivation, it's that you have this intrinsic motivation. You're driven to meet your personal needs and your goals as opposed to an external reward. Um, So it's the difference of your own internal motivation that is driving you to meet these personal needs and goals opposed to some sort of external motivation or reward. Um, This one, this was just like mind blowing for me because I had never, never thought about what is my motivation when it comes to like my emotional intelligence you know, like is, are these things being driven from my own personal wants and needs and goals? Or is this because this is how I, 
either think that I should behave or someone's told me I should behave or if I behave in this way, I get a cookie and, you know, whatever it may be. And so this was just, I'm like, I'm a little speechless still because I'm still having a really hard time wrapping my brain around this being a part of emotional intelligence. Like the more Mm -hmm. I sit with it, the more it makes sense. But I had just never, ever even considered that this would be a part of emotional intelligence. Do you think um, that it actually helps explain um, people that when uh, companies just give them more money and they're still unhappy because that's an external motivation? Totally. But if they would invest in the person so they could have self-motivation for something, like maybe feeling rewarded or recognized for their work. Like right. if they were more recognized for their work, then the self-motivation would be like, I want to do this so, for myself so because I'm proud of my work. And then the company goes, hey, we want to just highlight Brenda for the work you did. We want to thank everybody. Let's, we just need to make sure, give credit where credit's due. Like there is a bit of that craving that's happening in business as well. Right. Like yeah. I want to be motivated and I don't always want to be motivated by money, fame and recognition in the sense of, I don't, how do people become emotionally cute is when motivation does not come from outside. It actually comes from inside. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Well, the things I liked about that was um, there's a state of flow. So when you are in, when your emotion, your EQ is in a, in a state of motivation, there is a state of flow. Mm. So you know you're self-motivated. You know you are have an internal motivation going on because you're immersed. You're in, immersed in the activity. Yeah. That's when you know you're in you're a functioning high EQ at that moment. Right. It's, That's crazy. Yeah. I, I'm still just like, what? <laughs> okay, so this weekend, Corey and I went to, emptied our storage unit and it flowed. Okay, so that's why I'm like, okay, wait, what? It flowed. It was effortless. And it, we, it, everything just, we had a blast and we're empty and we knew what to get rid of. What, you know, I, I was, I, I was left with very little, you know, we were left with very little left in the storage and we gave a lot to, um, we gave a lot away. Um, but I, when I think of motivation, there was a self-motivation. Like we had such a rhythm and a flow and we were really immersed in it. And it just, we were laughing and we had music playing. So even that would be motivation. Mm-hmm. And we were functioning a high level VQ, but I would never have thought that was EQ. Right. But it does make sense because if you think about it, it's like, it's, it's why it's the starting point for why you're even exhibiting the behaviors that you're exhibiting. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know when we did our last episode and we talked about the self-awareness and self-regulation, I kept alluding to how like I, the motivation piece was like really tied in and I was really sitting with that. And I think for me in my own journey, in my own life, and I would assume that there's some individuals out there that can probably commiserate with this um, the way that I was raised and just the cards that I was dealt in life, um, there was a lot of messaging for me as a kid to do things for achievements or for external rewards. And I do think that there was a part of me that really started to, to yes, like do things often for the benefits of others or because that was what I thought was expected of me or what others wanted. 
And if you look at these other pieces of EQ, it, it can bleed into it and you can see why it becomes so important to have that internal motivation versus an external reward. So like for self-awareness, you know, recognizing your emotions and then being able to understand them. Well, like if you're not motivated to do that for yourself, you're probably never really going to have a true understanding of your emotions because you're only trying to understand them to like acquiesce or appease those around you. Self-regulation, the appropriate expression of your emotion, your awareness of how your affection, you know, your actions are affecting others. Well, if that motivation place starts from my motivation is to make sure everybody sees me as a person that is like very cool, calm and collected, then your self-regulation and your awareness of your actions affecting others, like you're only going to be acting in a way that you think is going to make these others happy. You're not doing it because you're trying to be aware of yourself or because you are truly trying to like be aware of the others. Same thing with social skills and empathy. It's like with all of them, you can see why understanding that motivation and having the motivation come from an internal place becomes so important because mm -hmm. it completely changes the way that you interact in these other, um, you know, settings. Mm -hmm. Like that. Okay. So I want to throw out some other ones because I feel like it ties in. Um, so for people listening, how do you know if your motivation is at an emotional quotient, in the emotion quotient level? How do you know if your motivation is self-motivated, which means you're functioning in high EQ? Right. Okay. So here's a few and stop me when any time. Okay. Um, you're more likely to be action oriented and set goals. So you know you're functioning self-motivation because you're being action-oriented and you're setting goals. So good news. So for people that are listening that never said they never saw themselves as emotional, well, you probably are showing high EQ in motivation because you can set actionable goals. Mm -hmm. So congratulations, you are functioning EQ. Um, they also, you know you're functioning high EQ with motivation because you have a need for achievement and search for ways to improve. So, so, so when you and I, Brenda, where we show it together is where we crave self-improvement. We right. crave understanding the human mind, the human journey, the human perspective. We crave it. And so we look at these articles and we're so open. So that's our self. We're self-motivated by these articles to learn and soak it all in. That's what right. we do. Um, the other one that you can, you'll know you're functioning high EQ in motivation is you're more likely to be committed and take in your own initiative. So I, I'm going to use your rock climbing, you know, because you were showing high self-motivation for rock climbing because you were committed and you took initiative. Right. You On your days off with your one of your buddies, you'd go and rock climb and just experience it. But you were initiating all that because he was a better rock climber than you. Mm -hmm. And he was at a, a much higher level, I think, than you were. But yeah. you were so into it that you were initiating this. Yes, I want to go with you. I want to learn. And so you were functioning high motivation. Okay, so one, a few more things, and then I want to pass it back to you. Self-motivation includes our personal drive to improve and achieve. Again, you know you're an EQ when you have a personal drive to improve and achieve, to commit to your goals, to initiate, and to be ready to act on opportunities, optimism, and resilience. I could learn a lot here. You know, I, I feel like we're scratching the surface. So... Mm -hmm. My question is, what moves you? 
what moves you into motion emotion and emotionally like what moves you into motion what motivates you what moves you to motivate yourself what is it that thing Wait, that's, all you're asking me? that's all my thoughts. Well, I don't know. That's my question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, are you actually asking me what moves me? Because I don't know. It's a <laughs> feeling for me, which is actually, let's explore this because I think this is probably a place. This is a, a space where I can probably work on my EQ via trying to understand what that feeling and emotion is, right? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Real life practice here. But yeah. really, I mean, when you said that just now, I was started going, I started asking myself this question of like, well, what, you know, what does drive me? And I am such an empath. So for me, it's such a feelings thing. It's like a feeling like, well, I feel like this is what I need. And so perhaps that self-awareness, the first piece, like I'm starting to recognize via our conversation that that's probably where I need to put some emphasis when it comes to growing this EQ muscle because perhaps the the feelings of feeling the motivation, now I need to figure out and understand the feelings. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's I think that's a very, and perhaps this is why the motivation is so mind-blowing for me because I think it, it's very hard to grasp. I think it can be very hard to grasp like, well, where is the motivation? What, what is the driver? Where is this really coming from? Um, I don't know that we stop to think about that very often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We just kind of do, right? We just kind of act upon the motivation or the impetus, but I don't know that we often think about where it came from or mm -hmm. yeah. why it's there. Do you, a uh, curious question. Do you, do you think maybe the empath in you sometimes, oh, this is not the right words. I'm, let me throw it out there and then we'll reframe it. Sometimes sabotages your self-motivation because it's soaking in everything around you. How can you possibly find your self-motivation when the empath is taken physically on the things that are happening around you? Wouldn't that be actually a wet blanket on motivation? Like, yeah. how do they become friends? Right. How right. does the uh, people who are empaths or being empathetic and self-motivation, how do they live in harmony instead of opposing each other? Right. That's, you know, and perhaps with you saying that, like, I makes me think perhaps that is part of the reason why it becomes challenging for me to know if the motivation is internal in my own or if it's external because as an empath I am often taking on like the stuff of others around me and so I think that's why I think that's why it becomes a challenge for me to separate well like is this an internal motivation or is this being motivated because I'm sitting next to this person and I'm feeling their intense energy and I'm taking on all their emotions and so now I'm going to like action something based off of like what I think they need or to make them happy or because I want them to pat me on the back or whatever it may be. Um, so I don't know that I have an answer. You're just, you, but you are making me think and reflect on the fact that for me specifically, and I, I, I like to think that most human experiences are shared, at least for some people, that perhaps that is um, what makes it hard because mm -hmm. it can be hard to separate what's yours and what isn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
and I, I could see where it could really affect our motivation. Right. Well, what's the point? Like, if you're feeling all the pain of everything around you, then what's the point? Like, how do I motivate myself when everything, when I'm feeling the pain of my friends or the pain of the community or the, the horror or whatever? I how do I, I almost feel selfish to be self motivated right now? Right. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's not true because it's it all belongs. It all exists. Like self aware, self regulate, empathy, motivation, and social skills they all coexist and they're all supposed to be shining in us and maturing in us. But sometimes we overload. So if, like, for example, and we did it last episode, we can be Uber or self-aware, but if we're not self-regulating that what's the point, right? Like you were saying, like, what if a colleague comes in and is really moody and depressed? Like you were saying the last episode is really moody and depressed and is just slamming books down and, you know, all grumpy. Well, no, you know, you still have to self-regulate. I'm right. happy that you are very self-aware of how sad you are, but you still have to self-regulate. It's the same, you know. Exactly. I can still be empathetic, but I not I can't cost me self-motivation. Like right. I have to live in the tension of both that at the same time. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to throw at you. Um uh, this whole thing on intrinsic and ex- uh the um let me just find here. Sorry. The difference between intrinsic and extrin- extrinsic motivation. Mm. So uh, intrinsic motivation is another important emotional intelligence skill. People are, who are emotionally intelligent are motivated by things beyond external rewards like fame, money, recognition. Instead, they have a passion to fulfill their own inner needs and goals. Intrinsic. They have a passion to fulfill their own needs and goals. They seek internal rewards, experience flow from being totally in tune with an activity and pursue peak experiences. Those who are competent in this area tend to be action-oriented. They set goals, have high need for achievement, et cetera, like we talked about. It says here to improve, here's how you improve motivation is avoid overusing extrinsic rewards. Mm. Um, So it says uh, focus on setting small measurable goals for yourself and um and and also it says work with other people so that you're intrinsically motivated because you're working with people and you're not an island you know so i just thought it was interesting intrinsic the intrinsic motivation intrinsic motivation is eq extrinsic motivation is probably ego i would think right more more of the ego because it you know you're you're getting all your recognition acceptance outside of yourself or it's also, so that's people, not I think it can also be people pleasing, right? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. But yeah, I, this is a hard one for me. Mm. <laughs> it's just one that I personally find challenging, I think. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah. My, if we're going there, mine's empathy. Mine's, that's my, which sounds funny because I know sometimes I, I, I give the impression I'm very empathetic, but. I also, it is hard for me because I don't know always what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the other one is self-regulating. That's the one I've been on the journey the most on is self-regulating. I mean, yeah, if we're being honest, I'm working on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's room for improvement. But yeah. with that being said, uh, what I really liked that you said a moment ago, and if, if I may, I think it's a nice thing for us to end on in with this conversation of EQ. But I just want to, bring back this idea that it is a balance and all five are necessary and needed. And 
throughout this conversation, you can see how we, how intertwined they all are. I mean, we were bounced, like we were trying so hard to be linear, but we were still bouncing all over the place because they do <laughs> all overlap, you know, in so many different ways. And I think what I've really taken away from this conversation for me, and I, I hope that some other people are getting this or having this thought as well is, um, you know, just the idea that some of these might come a little more naturally to you. You might already be very strong in some, you might be weak in some, but it is all about the motivation to want to grow all of these, these muscles to, to grow the EQ muscle with these five different, you know, skills and, yes. and again, finding that balance. And I think that we're also seeing um, that different people are going to have different challenges. So I think just first having a really good understanding of these five different things is a great starting point. If, if you are wanting to go on this journey of, you know, strengthening your EQ, um, because I think having understanding of where you are strong and where you're weak and starting there is, is like a really nice place to begin. Um, but, but having the goal of balance Mm -hmm. all five. Mm-hmm. Those so are my well last words for this conversation. So well said. <laughs> so well said. It, I find it very encouraging. My last words would be: I find it very encouraging that this episode and the one from the last previous one is for everyone. Yes, everybody carries a level of EQ, like you said, where we're strong, and a level of EQ where we're weak. And it has been the stigma is EQ is emotional. And that's not true. It's five very important pillars. And you might be strong in one, but what area is it time for you to improve on? What area is it time for you to go, you know what? I'm going to grow here. I'm going to grow here in my own growth, my self-motivation. This is where I want to grow. I'm not going to be like Karen or Brenda. I'm going to be like me. And I'm going to continue on this path. And so I think that's really encouraging for all of us. I agree. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Karen. As always, I love these conversations. Yeah, I know. And I'm excited to talk about more about empathy next yeah. time. I, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. It'll be a fun episode. Okay. I'll hope you Mwah. all tune in. Mwah. Okay. Sending you all virtual love. Virtual <laughs> love. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.